0: If you're hearing my voice, you know what that means. It's a re-release. I got super sick this week and just did not have the energy to record. Um, So we're going to do a re-release and we'll be back next week with Doomsday Prophecy. In the meantime... If you haven't already, please check out disastergirls.myshopify.com. We've got a lot of great merch, including a whole collection of Pride, uh, Disaster Pride stuff. So check that out. Um, I also created, because why not, a Cracker Barrel Has Fallen shirt. And all of the profits for that are going to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. So uh, that's all available at disastergirls.myshopify.com. If you'd like to support the pod but you don't want to spend any money. Totally understandable. Um, Please take a few seconds to write us a five-star rating and review on your pod catcher of choice. Or, you know, just tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell people you don't like, tell people on the train about our podcast. Since we're an independent podcast, word of mouth is really critical for helping us grow. Um, So we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all back next week for Doomsday Prophecy.
1: Hello, welcome back once again, as our producer Jason likes to say, every episode is someone's first episode, so perhaps welcome for the first time to the Disaster Girls podcast. It's a very special episode because it is I, Jordan Cruciola. Me, Amanda Smith. And we have a guest joining us this week, Mika McKinnon, and Mika, I asked you just a moment ago what you do (laughs) And we decided to hold that information for the podcast. So why don't you tell us what movie we're talking about today and how that applies to your area of interest?
2: All right. So we are currently going to be talking about San Andreas. Yes. Which is everything that I love in a movie. Because my combination of jobs... Is I am a field geophysicist, wow. a disaster researcher, wow. and a science consultant in the fiction industry. So <laughs> oh my god, the science consultant in sci-fi movies like this. Oh my god,
1: that is. I mean, so okay. You, when we say fiction, you were thinking specifically feature film focus, not necessarily TV, or is it kind of a mix of things?
2: Uh, I have done movies, I've done TV, I've oh. done books, I've done video games, I've done comics. If it is fiction, I will happily work on it to create more plausible plot lines. For extra bonus fun, I used to live in San Francisco and now I'm up in the Pacific Northwest. So this movie is oh. everything for me. <laughs> Mika, Mika, I
1: before living in Los Angeles, I spent seven years in San Francisco, and I am a native of just south of Portland, Oregon, from a town called Canby. So our lives are parallel in that regard.
2: Perfection. Yes. absolute perfection. It's one of my earliest childhood memories is the Loma Prieta 1989 earthquake, the very first televised earthquake.
1: Wow. That-
2: I have like, Crayon drawings of Kindergarten me trying to process sitting in the headlands watching the city burn.
0: Whoa.
2: so I've been waiting for this movie for a very long time.
0: Wow, that's that's an origin story. And yeah,
1: I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say this complete. Like I understand why we are here with you today in this moment and everything you just said about your job based on that core memory. I,
0: honestly, that's the be that's the first ten minutes of a movie in which yes. you star where you have to warn everybody about a giant quake happening in the Pacific Northwest and no one believes you. It's
1: it, Here's the thing. Here's what here's what this is. You somehow must be in the eventual movie that is made from the New Yorker story about the catastrophic earthquake that's going to hit the Pacific Northwest when that subduction zone goes. You are the beginning of that movie. This origin story and you as the central character, Mika McKinnon, must be our vehicle through which we see that disaster movie play out. I've decided.
2: It's so I'll write it. I- I actually uh, was working for FEMA on their catastrophic response plans, particularly with respect to the Cascadia Rising. Oh, my gosh. That exact earthquake scenario, I... Wrote some of the plans for it, uh, which is, again, why I love this movie, because I this is not a movie about The Rock. He, like, he's a side character who does things <laughs> in helicopters and whatever. Yeah. The actual story is the story of Blake. Yeah. A cute brunette girl. You're who so wins right. hard And saves lives mm-hmm. through knowledge of disasters.
1: You're so yeah. right. This is the perspective that we need from guests on the show. This is why we need to have people come on yeah. and give us their points of view.
0: You're absolutely right, though. This is this is Blake's story, 100%. And again, as a proponent of
1: Alexandra Daddario, I'm thrilled to hear that. And I didn't even have to elicit it. <laughs> I didn't even no, have no. to plant She's that.
2: She's the star of the movie. And the entire point of the mo- movie is learn disaster preparedness and you get to live. <laughs> oh, you're going to be like a total jackass to the one person who knows what's going on. Guess you're gonna die. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, she could have told him, "Don't cross the Golden Gate Bridge." Like that's that's I feel like just an entry, a rookie mistake right there.
2: Oh no, you never cross a bridge. Don't cross in a bridge after an earthquake.
0: Just no, right? No, no. no, no. Oh, the entire no, city, no. city is, is collapsing. Just
2: collapsing.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I will I will say just as for those, I mean it's it's pretty obvious from a movie named San Andreas what this is about. Uh, if you have if you like disaster movies, I assume you know what the word San Andreas is in reference to, which is the big goddamn fault. Uh, that runs through California that we're all terrified of, and what happens in this movie is the the San Andreas fault, and I think maybe a new fault. Oh God, a new fault maybe, I'm or so faults combine, and yeah. it there is a mass slippage of tectonic plates in this movie, causing a giant um, earthquake to happen thirty epicenter thirty miles east of Los Angeles, that then triggers a chain reaction of earthquakes that move up the San Andreas Fault, culminating in a couple of massive, major catastrophic earthquakes that hit San Francisco and all the accompanying damage that goes with that. And our heroes, our divorced couple... The Rock and Carla Gugino, and their daughter, obviously the star of the movie, Blake. Uh, she has gone up to San Francisco. She, I think, is about ready to start her first year of college. So that is how old she is, because I had a lot being, of questions about She is 29 not in Not looking movie. like a freshman in college. She
0: is 29 in that movie, being hit on She's by a man who's... a returning student. What was, was that? Was she a returning student?
2: I'm. I, I, that's what I've decided. No, I, I, I mean clearly you can go out and have some life experience and then go to college later on. Nobody says you have to go directly from high school to university. Okay. And if you've Fair. got all of this disaster knowledge. You've clearly gone off and done something. True. High school she could clients. have been an EMT.
1: Yeah. We don't know actually how many disasters she has helped people through <laughs> in Europe while backpacking. We, we don't exactly. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know where she has been in like, the, the like China or or Vietnam helping them through disasters in movies spin-off movies, we have not yet had the privilege of whenever seeing.
0: there's a fault rupturing, she'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's a volcano
2: actually my biggest problem with this movie is actually that they stole the, the fault line from the Pacific Northwest. They told yes. they stole the Cascadia zone and just shoved it into California because okay. we prefer destroying LA. Please please do
1: please do elaborate more on that point so we understand sort of the fundamentals that are either on point or going askew in the movie San Andreas. What what do you mean by that?
2: Alright. So all of plate tectonics is these rigid yet flexible plates moving around the surface of our earth at about the same rate your fingernails grow. So every time you get like a manicure, think you're that much closer to the next big earthquake. Wow. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I Amazing. My nails recently. It's incredible. Uh, so place can move side to side. They can pull apart or one can go underneath the other. Mm-hmm. If they pull apart, you get mid ocean ridges. They're pretty boring. If they're on land, you get like the East Africa rift Valley. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's flat. It will eventually be an ocean, whatever. Um, if they are moving side to side, that would be San Andreas Mm -hmm. and you get a bunch of shallow earthquakes fairly frequently. Mm -hmm. So you get like magnitude four, five, six, seven earthquakes, maybe every 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of common thing, but they're shallow enough that when they happen, they destroy a city. It's not a region destroyer. It's like you take down San Francisco and just San Francisco and like, Oakland is kind of okay okay got it but if you have one plate running into the other if it's two continents they crash together you get giant huge mountains as the Himalayas mm-hmm, but if you have ocean and continent then the ocean plate goes underneath right so and that's that's like the coastal subduction terrifying.
1: zone right like in the Pacific Northwest
2: yeah. So that's the Pacific Northwest, that's uh, Japan, that's Chile, that's Alaska, that's Sumatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, the common theme of these is um, really, really big earthquakes, mm-hmm. like seven, eight, nines, mm-hmm. that are deep enough that they shake an entire region. My God. Yeah. And on top of that, <laughs> because you have an ocean plate going underneath, the water in all that ocean sediment drops the melting temperature of the rock So it creates magma, which then comes up and picks up silica in the continental crust, which traps the gas and gives you incredibly violent volcanoes. Wow. So you get Mount St. Helens or Krakatoa or any of the other like big, beautiful, pointy, they look like a child's drawing Mm. of a volcano. All of those are from subduction zones. So that's like ring of fire. Exactly. Gotcha. And we have this. So geology is a thoroughly filthy science in mm. that the technical jargon behind this is subduction leads to orogeny. Yeah, oh, it does. Oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. Yes, which means one plate going underneath another leads to mountain building through volcanics. Wow, that is, uh, that is
1: quite is, literal in how we perceive it in different aspects of life. Goodness. Leads yeah. to eruptions mm-hmm. and things protruding from the earth.
2: Yes, yes, and... The bed rocking. Uh, <laughs> so it's as I said, geology, we're very uh, we we have great jargon. It's amazing. Yes. Spectacular, really. <laughs> so what's going on with San Andreas, the movie, uh, is that they've taken these really big magnitude nine earthquakes uh-huh. that shake an entire huge region mm-hmm. because they're so deep. Yes. And that the shaking lasts instead of like thirty seconds, it lasts like Five minutes of severe shaking and you have vertical displacement that can cause a tsunami Mm -hmm. because you need to have the water move you need to have an up down motion Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. all of which would be true in the pacific northwest great like that is all things you'd expect from an earthquake near seattle portland vancouver all of us yes have that risk uh we're san francisco side to side 1906 earthquake or 1989 earthquake or the Northridge earthquake in LA in nineteen ninety-four, all of those are side-to-side earthquakes. Right. They're bad. They're they're scary. Yeah. They can collapse buildings and kill people, but it's contained inside a city. And like a lot of those deaths come from heart attacks. Really? Most common way to die in an earthquake is heart attack. You panic. I mean, people yeah. even panic and like leap from a third story <sighs> building trying to try and escape the earthquake. So just stay calm. It's okay. Drop cover, hold on, and breathe. Well, and from what and I understand live.
1: from what I understand about the 1906 earthquake too in San Francisco is that a substantial amount of I think maybe more damage than even the quake itself was were the fires after the fact that started in uh, that annihilated the city.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And then you end up with like giant streets like Market Street and Van that yeah. end up being huge fire breaks now. Or you end up with things like in San Francisco, all of our major intersections mm-hmm. have um, water ponds underneath them Mm -hmm. so that if we have a big earthquake and it breaks all our pipes you can still do localized firefighting because that's the the scariest thing after an earthquake is people panic have a heart attack (laughs) and you have ruptured utilities and all the fires start wow
1: two most linger two most really fatally dangerous things in a heart attack fires and heart attacks yeah during an earthquake fires and heart attacks
2: which like you're probably not going to die from the buildings breaking which is the other like that's just in San Andreas, the movie, they amp it up. We have all these buildings. All the buildings over fall. St- yeah. Destroyed. Whereas if you're in a building that was built like post 1980s, it's probably going to stay intact. Wow. I mean, if your building is before 1980s, I'm sorry. Tough luck. Right. Well,
0: even like I mean, but, it, down here in L.A., there's been a huge soft story retrofit m- thing happening, mm-hmm. Um which that was always the big risk. The, all the buildings that were built in like the 1960s, 1970s. Your second floor is over this like sort of extended parking garage that is not well supported. Mm-hmm. And in the 94 Quake, they all pancaked. OK, yeah, not ideal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you go, if you've been driving around L.A. recently, all these like buildings have been the entire fronts have been gutted and you'll see the signs says soft story retrofit, retrofit provided by. Oh. So even those, they're kind of working on it to try and make them not quite so deadly.
2: Yeah, San Francisco hasn't quite reached that point yet. Instead, they just put up little notices saying in violation of building (laughs) codes. Good, okay. Yet another reason I'll never live in San Francisco. That sounds, having
1: experienced the mass transit system of San Francisco for seven years, that sounds so fucking accurate for the state of San Francisco. yeah.
2: I'd also like to point out that in California, the hospitals are required to retrofit their buildings to seismic code. Yes. And are currently lobbying to just not have to do that. Well, <laughs> look, you're already in the hospital. You know what you don't need after an earthquake? Uh-huh. You don't need a hospital. Uh-huh. Hospital. No. Not as you long know, as we have the rock. You
0: guys, we've watched, I think we can all say we've all watched Volcano. The best, <laughs> the best triage happens outside of a hard rock cafe. Yes. That's just, that's just a fact. What do you think they're building
1: up the Beverly Beverly Center for again, Amanda? That's right. We're getting ready for the big one we are overdue for.
0: <laughs> I I will be going directly to, in the event of an earthquake, like, my emergency plan is not to go to my parents' house. It's not to, like, shelter in place. Right. It's to go to the Beverly Center. That's why I moved closer to it recently. It's because I'm just going to assume, go to the Beverly Center, um, because that's where all of the good triage will be happening. Yeah. And that's where all the stray children will be. Yeah, yeah. Where Who will we
2: well, really need, need to take care of? Here's a really fun thing. Uh, I'm not <laughs> get some pretty direct correlation on survival in major disasters and your sense of community. Mm-hmm, so if okay. you really want to prepare for a disaster, like, yes, you should have a kit, you should have a plan, get your first aid training, all of these things we know we should do, but we're lazy and broke and cheap and don't have space to put them. 100%. Says you. Yeah. <laughs> <Or, laughs> You can throw a lot of parties and oh. invite your neighbors that is... and then you'll up your odds of survival by like 10%. Wow.
1: This podcast just like elevated from being like a fun time for people to listen to, to like an ex- critically useful information. And considering how much Amanda likes to remind people about the necessity of earthquake safety. Love
0: talking about earthquake kits.
1: Yeah. Like this is just, this is such an intersection of Amanda, Honest... of Amanda Smith's Well,
0: interests. hold on, because the downside is, is that it means I have to be social. <laughs> and I'm not sure how I'm ready to deal with that. But I am now. I'm like looking at my closet where my earthquake kit is, and I'm like, "You're useless to me." <laughs> yeah. And when I look over to my fridge, I'm like, "The beer in the fridge will be more useful." <laughs> and that's a real point of conflict for me, honestly.
2: So I am going to point out that San Andreas, the movie, did a really good job of emphasizing that having those personal connections and sense of community leads to survival. As we can see, you're in right. Yes, the shitty boyfriend versus the new boyfriend, and, right. and Or in the ex-wife uh, running around with the friends, and then them opening the door and falling to their death inside, like the first two minutes. Terrible, yep.
0: Susan deserved it. <laughs>
2: Kylie exactly. Minogue, no community resilience there. I resent
1: I, that this movie used Kylie Minogue for about
0: one minute, and then she was dead. I resent that we didn't get to watch her plunge to her death because she would have given us a great reaction shot.
1: I Ion Goodford plays the new man. Is that how
0: you say his name? I could be Ian, could be Ion. Ion. Yeah. I,
1: I I I thought it was Ian. I did not verify this. I did not fact check this. I apologize. Um, but he plays Carla Gugino's new man, and The Rock is her ex man. And the reason they are in the process of a divorce is because they were they've been unable to weather the marriage following the death of a child during they were on a vacation. The Rock took their daughter rafting, <laughs> and she she was killed.
0: I'm sorry, I just the I kept waiting for the reveal of how she died, expecting it to be something pretty simple, like she was in the ocean or something the fact that it was white water rafting was such an unexpected
1: why was that? of course because look at the size of this man I think when he gets (laughs) off he sees a fucking rock when he gets off the helicopter after he rescues a girl who drove off the side of a cliff in the beginning of the movie I'm pretty sure the chief of the fire department calls him Godzilla yeah I think he says like what'd you get up to this time Godzilla it's like I hope the rock wrote that into the script or he was like and here's the part where someone calls me Godzilla in this movie (laughs) so of course he's not just gonna be like fly fishing with his kids he's gonna be taking them on action sports
0: it just was a lot it was just an unexpected thing and there would me. also
1: have to be something much more dramatic than just an undertow which are extremely dangerous to claim the child of the rock. Like it has to be an extreme circumstance where as he's finally grieving openly the death of their daughter with Carla Gugino in a touching moment, the moment when you know, they're going to get back together and you're like, this is the best. um, She says to him, if you couldn't have saved her, no one could. And that is the realest thing. If the, if the rock, if your fire and rescue father, the rock couldn't do it, literally God himself could not have reached down and intervened to save you.
2: And it had to be something. It could not have been an undertow because an undertow is really easily defeated with the most basic emergency response knowledge, which is <laughs> don't try and fight it, just swim sideways. There, That's it. Maybe That's how you defeat an undertow swim sideways. Okay. Done. Great. And daughter number two knows this. Then like maybe yep. the, Blake became the a survivalist. Child had to know like <laughs> basic emergency preparedness. Yeah, maybe maybe
1: he leaned hard in harder into yeah. emergency preparedness after he lost the one when he was like Blake. You're gonna know about rotary phones. Yeah. In the event we lose phone lines, you're gonna know about
0: all of these safety and survival things. You're gonna know how to remove a piece of glass from a man's thigh, and that if he keeps it in his thigh, it'll shred his muscles more. Like I would have just been like, dude, keep it. I don't know what are we doing with that. One of one of the best parts in this movie is when like Blake's like, we
1: need to get to this point of hire. Well, first of all, let's say that like the, the boy, she, the guy she meets who is handsome is interviewing for a job at her stepdad, stepdad's architecture firm, soon to be stepdad. Um, and he has his little brother with him. They're both very charming and British. And his little brother is a very precocious traveler. And he basically has his Rick Steves guide that's got their whole pl- whole trip wired out end to end, it seems like in the Bay Area. And he tells them, he's like, we've got to get to the high ground. Knob Hill is the highest point in the city. And that is inaccurate. Twin Peaks is the highest point in San Francisco.
2: Yeah. That was, and it was like a useless thing to have be inaccurate. Yeah. Could have been like, it's the highest point we can reach quickly. Exactly. the nearest hilltop. It would have made,
1: it would have been... Totally accurate to say the closest highest point is Knob Hill because that was, in fact, from where they were allegedly around North Beach Chinatown, that would have been the highest point to get to. They didn't even have to call it the highest point in the city.
2: Yeah, those are the things that always annoy me are the ones where you're like, okay, so you could have made this accurate with like one tiny tweak. Yes. But I mean, overall, I will roll with anything this movie has to give me because it has so much good disaster preparedness advice where if you watch this movie and then you experience an earthquake, mm-hmm. you will probably survive, except it has one tip that would kill you. Oh, and that pisses me off. We
1: need to know what this tip is.
2: Yeah. So when The Rock reaches San Francisco and they decide to huddle near Candlestick Park, pardon me, it's at t Yeah, right. Act- Yes, 18 T Park. I, yeah, it was Candlestick when I was a kid. Is Candlestick forever? Yes. Uh, Recom Park, whatever it is now. <laughs> and he decides to list the Triangle of Life myth. Okay. So this is a thing where they're like, "Oh, if a building collapses, you want to be where all the like the things lean against each other, so there's a tiny little triangle of survival." I don't, I don't even know what it's supposed to mean. <laughs> because, like, it doesn't make sense from how buildings collapse right like, right it just doesn't you don't end up with triangular spaces underneath just look at any pile of rubble any pile play of rubble like just just screw up a game of jenga and see how the blocks fall yeah see a little triangle height hiding places no <laughs> congratulations there's your lack of triangle of life like pick up sticks um anything i don't care what just play anything where things fall down right so there's that problem okay. then you've got the problem of Okay, so we've really been working on our building codes Mm like 1989 Loma Prieta was a big deal. And we figured out how buildings break since then. And yes, we're constantly iterating still and we're figuring out new things with high rises. And every time we have a really big earthquake, we figure it out better. But if you want to look at all the places in the world. That have the best technology to monitor it, the most in depth investigations, the highest level of modeling, uh-huh. and the most money to do something about it. Look at Silicon Valley. It's true. Like, if you want to know where the money is, yeah. right. like, they've even got amazing geohazards insurance companies there, which are the same <laughs> ones that know what's happening with climate change better than anybody but the military. Right. Like, Just look to who has the money and who would like to live. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the region of people working
1: to live for infinity who are obsessed with life extension and have more money than God. (laughs) Silicon Valley CEOs.
2: I will flat out say the place I would like to be if there's a major catastrophe is Disneyland. But failing that, I will take Pixar. I will take wow. Google headquarters. Yeah. I would take Apple. Like, I have been in these buildings. I have looked around and gone, yep, this is where I'd like to be. Thank you. That <laughs> makes Like, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. it makes so much sense. Oh, if you ever have the opportunity to tour these buildings, you will see what I mean in yeah. an instant. I like, genuinely are believe Disney big... has early warning systems, <laughs>
0: <laughs> personally.
2: Disney has its own fire department. Yeah. It's. I've met the woman who runs emergency management for the entirety of the all of Disney Corp, like the entire global one. Wow. I wish desperately I was allowed to interview her, but Disney PR does not like the word disaster. And that's (laughs) the same sentence, (laughs) even if you're like, they're very good at it. Uh Uh-huh. But just the levels and levels of emergency planning they have going on and how much preparedness and resilience there is, wow. is just like what happens when you have an all powerful dictatorship mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. lot of money yeah. whose objective is for everybody to be
1: happy. Yep. And 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 to avoid liability at, at, at any cost.
2: Well, then they wouldn't be happy. They <laughs> right. want you to
1: be happy. Yeah. Uh, no, I have he, often thought that we should put Imagineers in charge of city planning. Oh, for sure, to solve traffic. Well, if Look you at put Imagine, he, I was gonna say
0: you put the that's the Grove.
1: The, yeah, yeah. The, that, I call it. Dis, I call the Grove
0: Disneyland, the Mall. It, yeah, so that's, that makes total sense. That's how I describe it to customers when they're like, "Should we go to the Grove?" And I was like, "Well, do you want to go shopping, but it's Disneyland and there's no rides except for a trolley?" And they're like, "Sure." And I'm like, "Then yes." Yes.
1: Well, and, and like no 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 traffic system I don't know on the planet Earth is more genius than waiting in lines in Disneyland. Yeah. They could make traffic on the 405 fun well, if you let them organize
0: it. Well, that's why if you, I don't know if you've ever driven down by Anaheim, but it's amazing because you're on the 405, which is a horrible freeway. Yeah, horrible. And you hit the Anaheim City line, and all of a sudden, like all the cars just disappear, and you're the only car on the road, <laughs> and it is like driving on velvet. <laughs> And your car becomes cleaner. The sun is brighter. I don't know (laughs) what they do with that freeway, but it is the most, it is the most magical freeway on earth. And it's because Disney, it's, it's, it's for the Disney exits essentially. And you just, it is the most, I recommend doing it just to have that experience. Honestly,
1: (laughs) make sure you drive to Disneyland if you're going, you guys. Yeah.
0: Just, just to, just to go through that just once in your life. Now, I
1: have I have a question. We mentioned sort of like mentioning preparedness and proactivity. There is a point in this movie where, thank God Paul Giamatti in this movie is oh. playing a geologist and a wonderful actor with perfect timing and holds just the right amount of dramatic tension yeah. in his line deliveries. Him, at the beginning of the movie, him and a geologist who quickly dies um at the hoover dam because that's really where we get our sort of first taste of true disaster in this movie <laughs>
0: which is, <hard>. is <laughs> wow. the only reason it happened there was because they were like we want a really good set piece and they yeah. went hoover dam that's exactly it. I, there was no other reason because there's no reason there was no reason for it to be there i mean like they kind of say that okay so they well, talk about they're saying there's a new is there a new fault well, we, so we don't know thing. about there's a def they, they're saying it's a deformation event and briefly i thought i don't know um so the San Andreas Fault over millions of years has migrated. Sure. Um, and it is actually like, there's like a theory I, or there's a hypothesis about this. I don't know if it's still accurate. This was something my teacher talked about a lot when I was in school. And I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but but Mika, just to give you back, I have two thirds of a geology degree. Yeah. Um, I basically dropped out um, right when I had done all my other classes, except for chemistry, one round of chemistry, physics B, and then calculus. Um and then I I never went back, so two th- I have just enough geology to be like dangerous and not enough to be useful. Um, but yeah, they my teacher one of my professors was talking about how the San Andreas Fault they think have has migrated over mm-hmm. the years. Okay, um, and and so I was like maybe they're gonna have it like jump to the new fault and the new fault plate boundary is gonna end up being like running through Las Vegas and the Hoover Dam. And mm-hmm. but they kind of abandon everything happening over in. The Hoover Dam, but it's a great set piece. I don't care. They introduced the concept of
1: this, like, do we have an undiscovered fault line once everything starts revolving around the San Andreas Fault? So my question is, are we going to discover new fault lines or do do we just know where they are at this point? Like, is it possible that there are fault lines we have not fucking found
2: yet? Oh, so many. So many. Okay. So many everywhere all the time. On that scale. Would it be on that scale? sad about the hoover dam situation is that they miss the opportunity to have a sesh so a sesh is possibly my favorite weird niche disaster oh have you ever um gone sat in a bathtub and swished back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until it made a bigger and bigger and bigger wave and collapsed over the side
1: yeah or like a small child's pool yeah
2: yeah, that it takes about a half a second frequency, one one second frequency if you're in a, a normal size bathtub, mm. that's called a sesh. You can make oh. one in your your glass by tapping on the side of it at by about a quarter, a uh, quarter of a second, but what the idea is is that everything has a resonance frequency. Mm-hmm. Just like swinging on a swing, uh, strumming a guitar, whatever, okay. but with fluids, you can figure out what the resonance frequency is, and sometimes earthquakes match huh. like the frequency of the earthquake matches the frequency of a location okay uh, so it's not uncommon to get like swimming pool seshes after an earthquake in southern california oh those right. are cool or, yeah yeah you yeah. seen those videos okay yeah, yeah. um or uh, there's a species of highly endangered fish the desert pupfish. i <laughs> um, i know an that,
1: entire i i fact checked a feature about the devil's hole pupfish when i worked at wired magazine
2: yeah, that only get it on after there's been an earthquake to shake loose the sediment. What? So they require having a sesh in order to get frisky. What? Um, or that the uh, 1960s Alaska earthquake, although it created a tsunami that was local, it was it was a small tsunami by the time it got down to like Portland and all of that. But okay. when it reached Hawaii it was the exact right frequency that it resonated inside Hilo Bay, Hawaii and created a bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger wave. And like it, like it lured out the school children to look at the water pulled back from the ocean floor, then came and killed them all. It's a horrible story. Uh, There's these like seriously terrifying photos of all the parking meters bent down. So they're parallel with the ground, but they could have done a sesh inside the hoover dam what and they could wow. have had like a little miniature tsunami contained inside the dam set off by that first earthquake that would, and be and oh, that would not be great. do
3: it that is a hell of a missed opportunity <laughs>
2: Yeah, it really is yeah. particularly because with dams you have a choice of how you're going to engineer them either oh. you can engineer them to withstand earthquakes so they don't crack and crumble mm. or you can engineer them to withstand overtopping and for the most part, in all of these highly seismically active areas like mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. we design them so they can withstand shaking yeah. so it wouldn't actually crumble. But if it sets off a sash, or it sets off a landslide and the falling rocks into the water set off a sesh, yeah, then you have that overtopping water and then it collapses. So you have that, we're safe, we're safe, we're safe. Oh, everything is terrible. Wow. And they missed
1: that. Well, and that would have... I I feel like the the reason I I feel the loss of this now acutely is because one of my favorite things about San Andreas is that, to me, it is a perfect disaster movie and that the disasters are constant but different. Like, we start out with the Vegas... We start out with the the Hoover Dam collapse, then we go to the Los Angeles earthquake, then we go to the big San Francisco earthquake, then the bigger San Francisco earthquake, then the tsunami, and it just keeps being a new disaster the entire time. And we could have had a totally different disaster look had they taken advantage of this. Yeah, we could have had
0: Paul Giamatti running away from water, (laughs) which would have been really great. Like watching Paul Giamatti yell, it's a sesh, and then... (laughs) like waving his arms and running off the the edge would have been really fun. You're so right. He could have yelled that and then explained it to
1: Archie Punjabi mm-hmm. Punjabi later and yeah. that could have been a great teachable moment. I I have to say I love so much how Caltech somehow features almost in this movie, like spawn con. Like, yeah, there's that part where they're like deciding that they're going to, we have to let everybody know, like the LA quake has hit. The Caltech geologist team is like, we've got to let the world know, but all of our communications abilities are down or something. So they're going to hack into like a TV network to broadcast their message about, you got to prepare San Francisco. And Paul Giamatti, like Archie Punjabi, the, the reporter or documentarian is like, how can, you know, like, can we do that? And he just looks at her and goes, this is Caltech. It's <laughs> like, wait, did we get university funding from this movie for San Andreas? Caltech is actually Wayne Corp. Not many people <laughs> yeah. know this
2: about Caltech. For I mean, extra bonus irony on this some of the science consultants that were, that talked on this movie were not from Caltech.
1: <laughs> like, that had to be so insulting. There's even a moment where they zoom in on a room placard that just says, like, 103. Because there's a Caltech insignia on it. It's not, there's nothing special about what that room says other than we're just
0: like this Caltech baby. (laughs) Where they teach intro to geology classes, apparently, because he's just in the beginning, when we meet Paul Giamatti, he's explaining like the largest earthquakes that ever occurred. Yes. So intro to Caltech at, at, uh, intro to geology at Caltech.
2: And, and how, I would also like to point out, we said they were all geologists, but if they're doing earthquake work, they're geophysicists. True. He is a geophysicist. geophysicist. Like he me. is a geophysicist.
1: Yes. You're right. I'm you sorry. Yeah. you would, would know geophysic. better than anyone. <laughs> Yeah, Paul Nobody know knows what
2: geophysicist is. It's very <laughs> sad and tragic.
1: Well,
0: in disaster, we know that disaster movies
1: prize geologists over any other. Yeah,
0: what we found is that geologists in disaster movies can do any number of things that no geologist should be able to do. Right. Like it, we we watched Airplane versus Volcano, mm-hmm. which you can skip it. <laughs> um, and in it, the geologist hacks the seat back phone to turn it into a radio. Yeah. Did you do you know? I would you? like to point out that is a geophysics skill. Is that it? Is that really a thing yeah. geophysics geophysicists can so, do? Allow me
2: to tell you what a geophysicist is, because I am bitter and angry We about it. clearly yes, need to know, it. and
0: clearly so do many also, screenwriters. I'm kind of angry now that none of my friends who are geophysicists have told me they can do these things. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that yeah, geophysicists no, were built,
2: magicians. I have built a missile guidance system out of an Xbox for homework. <laughs>
1: Oh my what? god. This was an origin story and we it's
2: being more and more confirmed all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> so, what a geophysicist is, is like a mix of James Bond villain and <laughs> MacGyver. <laughs> wow. It's the whole purpose is you want to figure out what's underneath the ground without touching it. It okay. sounds a little bit like an annoying older sibling. <laughs> but what that looks like in practice is you put out all of these sensors and it can be a three dimensional microphone, a geophone. Uh, it can be metal pegs. It can be whatever. Yeah. And then you do something to provoke the planet.
1: So right. you can, which sounds um, like the premise for a disaster movie. We provoked exactly. the planet.
2: Exactly. You push a big red button and you set off dynamite and there's a huge explosion. Yeah. You push a big red button and it zaps 2400 volts of electricity into the earth. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You do something, to create a signal. That signal goes through the earth. It comes back up at your various little reception points and you go, oh, look, it changed. I wonder what was different. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But because you're doing this all outdoors with extremely accurate, high precision, fragile equipment, it all breaks. Yeah. The like There's rain. There's bears. Like the number of times yeah. bears have eaten parts of my equipment. is just, I, This I, suddenly I even list them
1: all. This suddenly I confirms have- the gripe in stonados of the scientists with the chief government property that they're using. Apparently, it does shit. Just breaks when you're out there.
2: Oh, all the time. Okay. All all right constantly breaking and you have to constantly repair it with whatever you have in your pockets and you can pull like the terry pratchett witches thing of having like really cool (laughs) shit in your pockets yeah 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 but i mean you're sitting there trying to diagnose why your generator doesn't work and you've got like a roll of electrical tape and a light bulb and you're like well (laughs) guess i'm gonna build a voltmeter out of this i wonder (laughs) if i pull my bobby pins out and do it (laughs) so you're always trying to like glue together all these things that should not work Uh 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 at all. Yeah. In order to rebuild your equipment or to work around because you're going like every day you're down is a half million dollars. Oh, well, I mean, it's already broken. What's going to happen? It's going to get broken worse. Who cares? Right, 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 right. Like what do I to do to make this work? Yeah. So you come up with All sorts of terrible, horrible things you should never be able to do. Like, oh, well, I have a handheld radio that I desperately need to be able to call the radio pickup, but I need a radio source to be able to send down a signal so I can measure how thick this glacier is eh, helicopter's gonna come looking for me eventually.
1: (laughs) Wow. I mean, what what I'm learning from this is that Blake is truly a superhero. Blake in San Andreas is truly a superhero. We just didn't, perhaps my greatest regret now of San Andreas is that we didn't get enough opportunities to see her hacking survival situations for us to see the extent of her survival knowledge. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And that, like, all the grad students just stayed in the office when you're (laughs) like, oh, no. Oh, no. That is what happened. Did you see what happens during the Ridgecrest earthquake? Did you see how many geophysicists like fled out into the (laughs) desert?
0: Yeah, an earthquake happens and geophysicists scatter immediately to it. It's like (laughs) turning the lights on for a cockroach except they're all running toward
2: Yeah, like I mean volcanologists have the the shortest lifespan of any scientist because they're all on the sides of volcanoes when they erupt. I mean part of why I'm a landslide researcher is because I'm like, okay, so I show up after it happens. (laughs) Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. Like I wait for the half million cubic meters to come sliding down where the (laughs) Earth suddenly decides to be a a fluid and just like go for it. Yeah, yeah. Like Yeah, I just have to worry about the bears. Hold on.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Earth acting like a fluid, the one thing that I was bummed we didn't get was we didn't get any liquefaction in this. I just like hearing Amanda say liquefaction. And I feel yes. like we should have gotten more liquefaction in it. I think that would have been really fun. <laughs> we
2: really should have, and again, so this is visual effects I would like to see in yeah. movies not in real life. Huh. Um, so first of all, the liquefaction, so sa- liquefaction is, is like the geological equivalent of oatmeal. If you shake a bowl of oatmeal and like the the milk rises to the top, oh, okay. that's what happens anytime you have saturated sediments, mm. which is like, you know, a beach or a river. Right. Or okay. most of San Francisco. An entire, is like an entire bay where we've dumped a bunch of, of it, sand in. Right? right.
1: Yeah. Where the marina is waiting to slip into the sea at any moment in time.
2: Yeah, so if you shake it hard enough and all the, that settles and compacts and liquefies, then you could have like old ancient shipwrecks poking out of the, the ground. Wow. Which would be so fun. That would be rad. <laughs> that would be that? so rad. Yeah. Now, I'm also, uh, deeply disappointed we did not get to see the tsunami hit LA. So a tsunami when it's an open ocean is like only a couple of inches tall, but is traveling like jet airliner speeds. Right. But when it comes closer to shore, it bunches and and, uh, gets taller, just Mm -hmm. like a normal, a wind wave does. It's called shoaling. But so it's slowing down to like highway speeds. (laughs) Well, the port of Long Beach in Los Angeles is the largest port on the entire western coastline with tens of millions of cargo containers every day. And L.A. Basin is very flat. Yeah. And you could just pick up all those cargo containers and chuck them across the L.A. Basin at highway speed. My God. Yeah and that is the thing I would love to see in visual effects and not in real life <laughs> yeah no that, please exclusively yeah but frequently
0: I did love that they managed to work a cargo I thought the use of a cargo container in this this is what I'm saying about, about like
1: it's it's just it's catastrophe on catastrophe just yeah. like stacking up and you like you see them I love that that sequence of all of the boats in the San Francisco Bay being like fuck we have to get over the tsunami yeah and that wide shot of them all racing toward it is amazing the, the rock going direct vertical to up a tsunami and when you think yes. like oh my god all they have to do is crest this tsunami and that's bad enough and then a cargo ship goes over the horizon and fucking tops over the wave grounds on the in the floor of the bay enough to flip it onto the golden gate bridge yeah incredible
0: i well the wave I is the wave was t- as was at least 300 200 feet tall because i was like how tall is the golden gate bridge okay and that wave is over 200 feet tall <laughs> the rock drives directly up it, <laughs> yes. and the, then so, fights a cargo container
2: i have like a love hate relationship with that tsunami okay yeah so Things that I love. A tsunami is more than one wave. Yes. Okay. The first wave is not necessarily the biggest wave. Fantastic. We've got several waves and they keep getting bigger. That's cool. We can have it either way. Um, And that it looks like a a rapidly rising wall of water. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. All of those I love. The things I do not love is the wave breaks, which, quite honestly, we do not have any shorelines steep enough in the entire world to be a Mm. breaking for a tsunami we just don't got it okay it also there's a problem in that a tsunami needs water and san francisco bay is very shallow yeah like it's only like 15 feet deep in some places that's wild so like you have to dredge channels through it in order to have right shipping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's it's very temporary. The San Francisco <laughs> Bay will not exist in like a few thousand years. It's just like <laughs> infilled mud. Yeah, unless yeah. Unless we keep messing with it. So it's a it's too big of a wave to be in San Francisco. Huh. But if you just take the viewpoint that they stole everything from the Pacific Northwest, Something yes. right. it makes more sense because you could have it in a fjord. Right. So you're inside a fjord, a glacier cup valley. Like we know fjords from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's and
0: and from dark from dark the movie way. from the movie The Wave that yeah. we recently talked
2: about so on the there was, podcast. Was there,
0: okay. have, have you seen yeah. the Norwegian film The Wave? Because if you haven't, you should watch it.
2: I have not, and now it's going on it's, my and list. And it's on it's um, on Hulu? Yes. So okay.
0: very easily accessible and
1: based on like real yeah, it's, projected
0: It's based on an actual fjord in Norway where they're expecting there to be a rock slide and um, that the rock slide will displace enough water that it will end up sending an 80 meter high um, tsunami down a fjord directly into a town. Yeah.
2: Oh! yeah. So there's some real life scenarios that directly mimics um, like the Viant Dam in Italy okay. that broke and then just destroyed the whole town <laughs> oh, yeah. um but so we have fjords all up in the pacific northwest because yeah. anywhere you have glaciers carved out these beautiful u-shaped valleys mm-hmm. if you've got these beautiful u-shaped valleys then you can have those sesh those resonance waves you can have the first tsunami wave comes in it comes out it clashes you have constructive interference and you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger waves and then you could get like this ridiculously tall tsunami yeah yeah so if we're just gonna keep going with the premise that uh san francisco is actually portland right sure and wearing like a disguise cloak yes where they're like we just need to make portland look more familiar yeah yeah because it's too beloved we can't destroy powell's books for right, sure can take our point tower no problem
0: yeah well and also oh. you can't fly a helicopter all the way up to portland that's just ridiculous <laughs> you can absolutely like i fully believe that the rock can steal An airplane without consequence, or a helicopter without consequence. Yeah, I don't believe that one that the rock could steal a helicopter, but I believe that he will never see consequences for it. No, but he theoretically he is going to fly a helicopter all the way up to San Francisco, and he can't fly it up to to Portland. So now I do I do have a question about like because at the
1: very beginning of this, like the reason we like uh, the the beginning part where we meet uh, geo geophysicist, perhaps Paul Giamatti, um, is him and his assistant are working on a earthquake prediction tool. And what they have determined in their logic is that if they can, if magnetic detectable magnetic pulse rates increase, uh, that is foreshadowing that an earthquake will follow soon after. What did any of that mean anything? Or was that just like total bullshit? We're just gonna mash up terms like magnetic pulse and earthquake and say that we can make a predictive tool in some far flung scenario. So
2: that was a theory that was tested and failed.
1: Got it. Okay. Okay. So it so comes we from somewhere.
2: Look, yeah. We are constantly looking for a way to be able to more accurately forecast when an earthquake is going to happen. And right now we do have earthquake early warning systems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're in beta for California. Uh, We're getting them in the Pacific Northwest really soon. I'm so freaking excited for this. But the way they work is they detect the P wave, the pressure wave, the primary wave, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it sends out an alert. So this is already happening in Japan. If you've ever watched earthquake footage of Japan, if Mm. you ever see a screen that's got like this countdown to doom happening, and then the shaking starts, that's the P wave detection. And then they go, this is how long until you have the S wave, the secondary wave, the shear wave, Mm. which is everything wiggling back and forth. Got it. And then after that, you have all the surface waves, the love waves, um, all the things that are like rolling of the ground. If you have a really big earthquake, it can even make you feel seasick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that that primary wave, that P wave is the warning sign. So that's what we currently have. And it can give you, depending how far away you are from the epicenter, it can give you like 30 seconds, maybe a minute warning, Okay. which doesn't sound like very much until you start thinking about things like. What if you're pouring a boiling water for a cup of tea right. yeah, in your okay. kitchen, full of all those cupboards of really sharp china and like yeah. glasses that are going to fall on your head? Yeah. What if you're shaving in the shower with <laughs> a sharp blade? Yeah. What if you're putting in contact lenses? Oh God. What if? What if you're driving and you had thirty seconds to pull over to the side of the road, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like? There's a lot of ways where I'm like, I don't want 30 seconds warning. Right, I yeah. Will take that. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll take that. And if you're in something like in the middle of open heart surgery, yeah, you cannot close <laughs> up an entire surgery. But you can, like, take your hand out so your yeah. scalpel isn't right next to an artery.
1: You can take like, the knives out of a human body. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, 30 seconds is a lot.
1: And now, when you were, we were since we're transposing Portland, the Pacific Northwest, and and the, the San Francisco Bay Area, and California generally, now because they're saying like this, it's a the the biggest quake that hit San Francisco in this movie is a nine point six, and would a nine point like would the damage have been worse? Like the wide shots I see of San Francisco in this, and then knowing it's a nine point six, I was like, this is devastation. Would there be anything left? But from what you guys were saying about retrofitting, the buildings might actually well, well no because they're in San not Francisco. retrofitted for nine point six. Everything's That's retrofitted for like. But it's also would I mean, there be anything standing in that San Francisco the, peninsula well, the at roads, a nine point six? The
0: roads were shockingly intact, by the
1: way. Yes,
2: yes. There's also a small problem, which is they talk about Richter magnitude Mag- yeah. in this. <laughs> it was, it's Mercali Use since before I was born. <laughs> Uh, so Richter was a magnitude scale for earthquakes it was developed in order to be able to assess small earthquakes in California mm. and it just doesn't work if you try and look at really big earthquakes huh. so instead we use moment, moment magnitude instead moment or uh, Mercalli moment magnitude something like that wow and that's when we're talking about whatever magnitude of an earthquake we're not talking Richter ever got it the only reason we've been you know living a Richter lie, us exists,
1: pedestrians yeah.
2: with because newscasters say it all the time because they're like, hey, it's a cool science word. I it remember is, yeah. from the 1970s <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: and, <laughs> and we and see like, it in the movie. Great. We yeah. see it
1: in the picture shows all the time. It's the Richter scale. It's the
2: Richter's game. Yeah. Wow. But, exactly. It's not Richter. It doesn't <clears throat> exist. Just just let that go. Just call it magnitude. It's just magnitude. Yeah. So I thought oh, we, We have seen a magnitude 9.5 earthquake. It was 1960 in Chile. And it was, like, massively devastating. But Chile had a few itsy-bitsy, teeny-tiny problems with massive corruption. So they had a building code. And then they do things like, oh, yes, this is totally a rebar reinforced pillar when you actually looked inside. It was a stack of 50 gallon drums covered in concrete.
1: Yeah. it was just fucking sawdust and glue.
2: Exactly. So they had this huge earthquake. They had massive devastation, massive loss of life from it. And then they had an entire new batch of politicians who came in under like the campaign of, Oh fuck this shit. We are having real seismic codes and we are enforcing it. Great which was fantastic because then they had another really big set of earthquakes in i think like 2014 and it was like mag 9 earthquakes and they're like eh what no big deal yeah like literally the only deaths were things like a, a 5 foot tall wall collapsed and killed somebody <laughs> you so hate like, to see it exactly you're just like excuse me that that's kind of on you <laughs> that that's your garden wall just make it 3 foot tall
1: like, now, I, I feel like I have raised a lot of questions here. Amanda, is there anything burning on your mind that we've not gotten to yet? No,
0: I mean, this has been fun to listen to. I, I My my only thoughts, like I loved in terms of the earthquake itself when it hits L.A., was downtown, like there's this great, um, they do this thing called ShakeOut every year, which is California basically like California does an pre- earthquake preparedness thing. And a couple of years ago, they did a video of basically, so the San Andreas Fault, they're Where it ruptures in the movie is it ruptures in the southern end and Mm -hmm. then it kind of rips upward, which is supposed to happen. Right, yeah, okay, like unzips the world. That's basically, that's what they, like, they kind of, the scenario that they're always operating under. And if you watch it go through the L.A. Basin, it just is increasingly horrifying because the L.A. Basin basically... Like, works like a bathtub <laughs> it, it, it's it's <laughs> chaos it works like a bathtub and what ends up happening so the entire la basin is just like filled with basically loose sand uh-huh, uh-huh. and then um now are you referring right now
1: to the wide shot where we see like all of la yeah, and it's, it's kind of okay and it's uh, panning kind of over the city yeah. toward downtown okay but
0: and then in downtown in particular yeah. like that whole area is so screwed <laughs> um, more so than other areas like some it was like Certain areas are going to have be more strongly affected than others, even though they're not necessarily closer to the fault because of what the rock or the the underlying ground is. Yeah. And the basically, the earthquake waves are going to bounce off of the mountains, ricochet back. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. So with downtown, I was. If initially I was watching and I was like doing the math in my head. I'm like, is that really going to be that? Not the literal math, but like, like is that going to be that? And then I stopped and thought about, I remember the the shake map. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> it's all red on the
2: shake map. The shake yeah, map. It's, it's totally... So I keep a list of all the places where if if there was a ridiculously sadistic creator who had a geology, geological engineering degree and placed cities in the worst possible locations, where would those locations? L.A. Basin is one of them (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Like Mexico City is by far the worst place in the entire world for earthquakes. It is so bad. It is one of the biggest cities in the entire world. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so bad. It took us decades to figure out that some earthquakes were actually taking place elsewhere, but were bigger in Mexico City than they were at their point of origin. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is beyond sadistic. People know but this. LA is Pretty freaking is, bad. Yeah. This whole like bathtub scenario—it's literally like you had a bathtub full of oatmeal, and then somebody took a giant hammer and started whacking on the outside of it. Yeah. Except it that that oatmeal like a bell. That
1: big bowl of oatmeal is is, is Los the Angeles. Home. Yeah. In
2: the, in the Like building. that's oh my god. And then you got like teeny tiny houses of cards on top of that oatmeal, and you're just like, ah. Oh, oh
0: yeah. my god. So that's why when I'm when you're watching downtown just like implode. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not. Not the case. Maybe not to the degree. Like, I don't.
2: Watching. Yeah, like they amped it up, but the basic concept works. Like they took yeah. the concept and just like dialed it up. Oh Jesus!
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you're welcome. Well, that's very um, if thrilling. Like to look at the shake maps. There are breakdowns on the USGS website. Use oh,
0: I'm going to link it um, when we post the podcast for sure. Yeah.
2: There's actually. Oh, this is an amazing thing. If anybody is inclined towards doing like GIS things, there's something put out by FEMA called Hazus-MH, Hazards Multi Hazus Multi Hazard. Uh huh. And what you do is you load it into your GIS program, and then it's like sim. City on constant disaster mode. Oh and my you can load god! load in like your city um, building inventory. You can load in your census map. You can load in your critical infrastructure like power plants and hospitals or whatever. And then he go, earthquake there. Oh, <laughs> god. <laughs> or you can do like flood flood my precious and see what actually happens to your real life city and then you can
1: send godzilla in just like the sims it's
2: It's great it's fantastic (laughs) um so it's this really amazing tool for emergency management but yeah you could totally like take drop a magnitude nine something earthquake in california ignore the fact that california is not getting mag nine earthquakes that's a relief have this sort of scenario of like what happens if you just amp everything up
1: yeah. So now I, I would I would like to to move into, I feel like my field of expertise in this matter was I would like to gauge your guys' level of reality indexing on some of the emotional aspects of this film. Okay. Some of the character aspects. How do we feel? I really like the cast chemistry of this movie and it kind of makes me feel like the dynamics themselves. I'm like, yes, these feel like they operate within good rules.
0: I love how- Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. I, yeah. love it. I, I like that casting directors know, like I like that Ian Griffad or however you say his name I love that he knows like who, where his zone is and his zone is just scumbag dude. Yeah. you Like like, Daniel, Daniel on multiple occasions, Daniel starts off as the nice guy because he's the new husband. He's going to be the new future husband. Yeah. He's going to take Blake, the daughter up to school in his private jet. Yep. Then he says something about his buildings being his children. Yeah. He then sa- he abandons her in a parking garage <laughs> to be him, crushed to death. She asks him, like, why did you never have kids? And he says, I think it's because I was always
1: raising these. And then we, of course, find out later, because his, he is his, that actor, yeah. it's because he has no paternal instincts whatsoever and he's a craven bastard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He, he was and raising his metal buildings. penises. Like his buildings break. No, <laughs> yeah. his buildings are terrible. He like he absolutely built
2: Salesforce Tower. Like let's, I think we can I, all agree I, on I, that, which right? Is like constantly tipping. Yeah, like it's it's if I want to be at Disneyland during a disaster, I do not want to be in Salesforce Tower. That and nowhere nearby either. And it also looks like a giant
1: penis sticking out of the middle of San Francisco. It's a failure on every level.
2: Well, here's the thing with bad buildings. So first of all, bad buildings kill people. But, like, they don't just kill themselves, it's they sway and they smash the buildings nearby. Yeah. So everybody nearby is Uh uh screwed. particularly because how fast the building sways has to do with, um, in part, with its height. Uh uh Like, there's a couple other things as well. But if you've got the tallest building around that means you're going to sway at a different frequency than everyone else, mm. which means you're going to smash into them. Yep. It's, so like, it's like a giant, giant swinging pendulum dick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> which sounds like capitalism.
2: So that <laughs> exactly. makes sense. Helicopter around and smashed into all the buildings nearby.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. I, I love the like th- the manner of ways in which, I love the manner of ways in which we well. a we get to see rock be sad dad in this oh, like yeah. I love how much this family tells each other I love you throughout this whole movie it warms my heart at every turn and we get to see the rock save people via helicopter uh, uh, via like aquatic like he swims and saves a person. He dives from a, an airplane. Mm-hmm. And I what I love about the diving from the airplane is they can't land. They've taken a plane from around Bakersfield, and they're flying from Southern California up to San Francisco to save Blake. Carla and The Rock are. And they have no place to put this plane down in or near the city. So, so he... he- yeah, the rock's like, fuck it, we're going to skydive out of this thing and for some reason into AT&T Park.
2: Yeah, so that's
0: where
1: you would hey, skydive. it's
2: flat, clear ground. You're right. I mean, what I love about that is that in order to hit the point where the highway doesn't work, you have to very temporarily put a hold on physics. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you can't get a crevasse like that from an earthquake. You can't get like a gaping pit into yeah the, ground. the san andreas
1: Fault like, opens up and splits the world into a gap that's like a hundred feet across
0: so
2: they not only they no. screw up physics they
0: also that's not like i i paused and i was like where are they because i've done <laughs> i have done this drive like yeah. the drive up to san francisco and back a lot yeah like, as have you but then i am like like i have done that drive a lot with also being like i want to go see where the san andreas Fault is at this stretch of highway yeah because why wouldn't you do that as a tourist yes and I was like, "Where are they?" And I did like I kept I trying no to idea. figure it out. Allegedly I no in idea. Bakersfield. No, I don't allegedly mean, no, they're not. So here's the but thing: that's what at they that say. point, they have already but because totally not. they're <laughs> not at that point. They have actually crossed the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> they're actually on like they're closer to the 101. <laughs> um, I actually like was trying to figure this out, and they're they're closer to the 101 because they're going up to King City. Okay, and that's on the 101. So they th- the San Andreas Fault in this movie, as far as I can tell. <laughs> In this one little stretch, runs east-west. That's what I was wondering. I think it runs east-west. I think you're right about that. And so I was, just no. like,
2: but also it's not physically possible to have a
0: crevasse. Sorry.
2: <laughs> so this is we need to have like a quick detour into the physics of faults. Okay. So a fault, like when we have these big named faults, like the San Andreas Fault. Mm-hmm. We're talking about both like an individual like little line yeah, where okay. the plate tectonics are meeting, but we're also talking about a fault zone. So like this entire area that's kind of crumpled, like if you it. took silk putty and you stretch it, and it has all those little lines on it. So you're gonna have a whole bunch of little teeny tiny faults. Mm-hmm-hmm. And if you've got enough of them, and you have like the North American plate and you have the Pacific plate, and those two are like big, huge, solid things, and they're grinding against each other, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of tears. And sometimes maybe some of them are gonna go. East west, there is like a pretty big east west fault. Vaguely, it's south of Bakersfield. Okay, like it's actually more like it kind of runs from Santa Barbara out into the Mojave Desert. There's an east west fault there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying for Bakersfield itself, you've got like a whole bunch of little teeny tiny mini faults, you've okay. got like little bitsy things, but. I mean, with all faults, you need friction. Yeah. That's how you get earthquakes is they get locked and the friction builds up and then the friction is so much it overcomes and it breaks the rock and Uh the rock moves. Rock, the physical geology thing, not the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Ever going to break under stress and friction. Nope. Um, (laughs) There's a whole detour to go down there. Um, But like, and when the part that breaks and moves free, that stress releases and then you build up on the end. So that's how you could get like this cascading chain of earthquakes. Right. So we okay. Think we've seen that in the Pacific Northwest before of like unzipping the entire Cascadia fault from Portland to Alaska, mm-hmm. this series of like mag nine earthquakes, which again, we're just going to like Portland is LA, San Francisco, Seattle. Yeah. with
1: there it. There it is.
2: Like, but like, so if you've got friction that needs to be touching each other and if it's pulled apart, there is no friction. Yeah,
1: right. Like offset seemed possible, but it it would be offset, but not not ripping a a In which case,
2: we're suddenly at like, we're starting to get, so when I talked before about you can have plates move side to side you can have them crash together, which we've already decided. These are earthquakes from crashing together. They're being like placed on somewhere that has side to side, except for that one moment where suddenly we're at like a mid-ocean ridge and the plates are pulling apart and you Mm -hmm. have like new earth coming up from the center. And if we're going to do that, then I want some black smoker vents. Oh yeah, right,
1: right. Yeah, like, give us, like, give us I
2: some I flood some basalt. basalt. <laughs> yeah, I want like pillow basalt and like weird ass extremophiles in there and like toxic gases. So, okay, okay, so, so it's just for be confused, but you know what? Screw it. We can have a brand new ocean forming at Bakersfield Field in the Mojave Desert. <laughs> so like that could have been a whatever. thing. It could
0: have just been salt and sea ripping entirely northward to create a new plate. That would have been badass. Actually, that, that sounds can, fucking am- exactly. amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. then just for. For point of reference about where they are, um, and this, I remember there was something about there, I was like yelling at the TV. So they, I think from where I figured out where they were, they're on the 101, like northwest of Parkfield, Mika. So Parkfield is where the San Andreas Fault runs through, and Parkfield is, has their, their like tourist trappy thing is that they're the earthquake capital of the world. Oh, okay. Because they have really regular earthquakes that can be like the, they're they're heavily monitored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for point of reference, that's where the Sandra they're northeast of Park or northwest of Parkfield. Okay. And somehow there's the San Andreas Fault there.
2: I so what what it sounds like I we would have, also like to point out the Cascadia subduction zone has more episodic tremor and slip. We have every 300 days we have a series yeah. of like several hundred issy bitsy teeny tiny earthquakes. That go, as the, like the plate switches back and forth as stair steps we have no idea what the hell's going on like not a clue that's yeah but it that sounds like it sounds
1: happens. like this movie is combining every type of fault yeah and making it the same like it, it's the it's the it's the magnitude of a subduction zone fault with the, but we're calling it the San Andreas fault but it's ripping apart like it would like in random places like in, in the, the ocean yeah it yeah. seems like yeah. we're doing so, all the faults at one time yeah okay exactly just making exactly. sure
2: we're just we're doing an entire plate like plate tectonic lesson
1: over the course <laughs> yeah. of which really the
2: wrong location. plays into
1: then- plays into one of the best parts of this movie, which is maybe one of the best parts in any disaster movie ever. When documentary Arch- Archie Punjabi says to uh, Paul Giamatti, she's like, Who do we call? About this? this is like to tell people about disaster. Paul Giamatti takes a beat to pause and in that yeah. Paul Giamatti way just goes, Everyone. It's like, yes.
0: We call everyone. I wanted him to remove his glasses in a dramatic fashion <laughs> yeah. in
1: that moment, because like we've created, we've we have we have the Hoover Dam going down, we have the tsunamis, we have every kind of fault happening at the same time as the San Andreas fault. We've hybridized the Pacific Northwest with California. We've done every earthquake thing in one spot. So mm-hmm. yes, you call
2: everybody. Call everybody except for really just do it on Twitter because Twitter works faster than earthquake waves travel. So it's yeah. than earthquake waves one of waves the best parts
1: about Los Angeles is earthquake Twitter. Yeah. As soon as there is any earth, I get on immediately and search LA earthquake. And it's the, the amazing like 60, 90 seconds where we are all together talking about like Chrissy Teigen, yeah. me, Amanda, Fucking Darcy Carden, everybody is having
0: earthquake Twitter and together. And you can track the earthquake, where it's coming from, based on who's tweeting first, which I love. And I feel so... Like, so you so- know where someone's tweeting from, and that they tweet it first, and then all of a sudden it hits you a second later... I love that. This this actually reminds me of what you said about like the safest thing is community. Mm-hmm. The last time we
1: had one that was kind of jarring, it was a very acute, like one of those ones where it feels like my house got punched by a giant.
0: So that's the P the wave crest, that first punch. Point. That well, no, Ridgecrest crest did not feel like that. That felt that felt like I was on waves. Yeah. I got I got Ridgecrest, motion sick from that. Every, yeah, we all at Ridgecrest, almost everybody out here in LA, so like from Palmdale to here is such a lot or from China Lake to here is such a big distance that we really just got these like Weird rolling surface waves Yeah it was really It was really like Being in a yeah. boat I, I yeah, I, I, oh, The love waves
2: Yeah <laughs> love waves Are mechanically speaking Exactly the same As wave orbitals yeah. of, of ocean waves
1: They move in circles And that's what it felt like Yeah, yeah that's why We all felt that And it's those was really kind of Sharp one we had recently It was one of those ones Where it was just a quick jolt Where you're, it, you're you, It's so fast And it's so sharp It's like that couldn't Have been an earthquake But then you realize It couldn't have been Anything else And I posted like I was watching earthquake Twitter happen It was very exciting And I posted during that i was like i just want earth i just want you guys to know out there in like la earthquake twitter if something happens post your location and if i am able to like i will get there jordan, and i will rescue jordan you. is the is the cajun navy like like I, like I feel like i i that i i suddenly felt like oh my god this this could be all we have in well, the mo- like if i if somebody posts they're like fuck i'm in larchmont and i'm under a car or a tree or something i'd be like
0: uh, at reply you i'm i'm coming if i can get there that's, i'm coming that was actually a really good thing that they did in in this movie though was that all the cell signals every all cell towers anything that's not a hard landline is gonna yep. be down in a major earthquake which is why like I'm, maybe, maybe do, wait maybe is this different now again i'm going off of There's information maybe. do we have hope
2: so there is um except for it's not regulated okay uh, so it's entirely based on money uh, Great. Uh, on that one. Uh, and it has to do with you can tell if you will probably have a minimum cell service after an earthquake, oh. whether or not you still have cell service during the power shutdowns for how long. Oh, oh. interesting. And we don't get so this. So there yeah. is a lot of the cell towers now have independent backup battery, but it depends a lot which carrier you're on, how much money they spend for how long they have. <laughs> right and when it happens you're unlikely to be able to get a voice call through but you can probably get a text message because they queue up and send in bulk oh interesting
1: queue up and send in bulk. suddenly just bursts of text escaping the los angeles area
2: exactly and if you have say text to twitter set up oh your my god
1: i this feels like know. an essential part of disaster preparedness i, oh,
0: I'm, I, I am mentally <laughs> figuring out how to do this right this second are you kidding me i because yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i in
2: I my i have it set up for being in the pacific northwest where i'm just like you know if we have a major earthquake i i have my out of area contact on the other side of the rocky mountains because anything that takes down vancouver is taking down freaking everything nearby yep, sure yep um so I have my out-of-area contact on the other side of the Rockies, call them to find out if I'm still alive or not. Yep, yep. Uh, and then second is, I have my text to tweet. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. And I have a couple pre programmed in come get me, or <laughs> I'm okay. Right, yeah. <gasps> But it's it all comes down to that sense of community again, because what happens totally immediately makes after sense. an earthquake are who are the first responders on scene. And we see this in the movie. It's not the firefighters. It's not yeah. the police. It's not the paramedics. It's the people who are physically closest to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ones that you have the strongest sense of connection with are the ones who notice you're missing and go looking for you. That's right. Like the rock, the rock takes
1: an L.A. fire and yeah. rescue helicopter as far as he can go. Then he hijacks a plane because he's
0: going to get his daughter. He's is, he is, yeah, Godzilla. Exactly. Of he does not. LA fire he and does not. In this and movie, his, I get through this whole movie, by the way, and he gets, I get to the end, and I'm like, I realize suddenly the rock has not saved a single human except for his daughter and in well, the very beginning. The very beginning girl, the cold over. That is girl. his job. Yeah. But like, once <laughs> the earth, once shit happens, yeah.
2: he but does not save exactly a single person. That's
0: what we're supposed to do. I know, but As like,
2: no, all of us. No,
0: you're, you're supposed to just go save your, you're supposed to sa- take a
2: helicopter and save your daughter? <laughs>
0: You are supposed to take
2: care of yourself and your family before responding to others. Okay. Uh, that yes. Is basic emergency preparedness is you take care of yourself and your family. And after you have done that, you deal with anything else. You do not show up on site. You do not respond until you've taken care of your family first. Okay. And so he is allowed
0: is, to not save. Okay. That actually makes me feel better. Yeah, wait, this, I, I was like, should he at least like help out emergency. Liz and Bernie who are on the side of the road? <laughs> oh, thank God. No. Like. Let's nope, make a, I mean, nope. He didn't help Actually but Let's make a yet. note though About Liz and Bernie Because this is like he, They're
1: driving They're gonna drive up To get their daughter From LA It's it's him and Carla Gugino and Having then, a very
0: serious Conversation in which The Rock uh, Carla apparently asks him For the first time ever Do you ever think about What our family would be like If our daughter hadn't died <laughs> yes. And he says no No
1: He's Which like, was no, the best No I'm fine <laughs> Which like felt very accurate It felt
0: so accurate Like this is how
1: Godzilla Would deal with this problem yeah. Is He's not He's like no I never I've not once thought about this <laughs> no. and so, but they're like driving really fast and they get waved on by this couple, and then they realize ahead of them on the road is where the very fictitious and not impossible fault has ripped open a canyon in the world. And then they go back and they're like, Oh, thanks, you guys saved our lives. And then he sees the old man wearing an aviation hat and he's like, Where'd you get your hat? and that directs them to uh, a plane hangar where The Rock steals a plane. And then he gives the old couple
0: the truck that is, he true. gives he them did a give them beautiful, the truck.
1: brand new. Ford F-150
0: truck and they're like thanks for the truck that is true then that's you know what that's that's what some might say is socialism <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's helping out your community right like, yeah Liz, Liz and Cash society of bartering for yes. information and resources Liz Warren Which,
0: had a plan and that plan was <laughs> yes. tell the rock where the airplane is yeah. <laughs> so that we can get his car
1: yes yes I, I I do like I like once I, just as a broad strokes, there once the first quake hits LA, I mean hit San Francisco, Alex Daddario is trapped under a garage where her shitty future stepdad leaves her, and then she is rescued by the Charming, uh, British man she met in the lobby of this building. He's about to apply for a job for with her future stepdad's architecture firm. And well, they end up becoming companions throughout the movie. The British sure. guy and his little brother, who Ollie. is a great disaster boy.
0: Love the Ollie is not a terrible child, no. loved Ollie, loved was Ollie, super on board for
1: Ollie. They they rescue Alex from the car. Alex kind of Alex uses her survival skills to get them through the entire city and resolves that, like, okay, we can't get to Knob Hill before the tsunami's gonna hit. So we're gonna go to my shitty ex-stepdad's uh building that he's bringing he's building in the city because it's supposed to be super safe. It's gonna be the tallest building. So she is the one guiding them through this city. And one of my favorite moments in the movie, as she is our heroine, as you have pointed out, Mika, is that she's like, we need to get into this we need to get to Knob Hill because um, Quite Tower, where she was supposed to go, is out of commission. And the British guy, like, looks out at the vast expanse of devastation and is like, hmm, I don't know for no specific reason. Because he's
0: like... Everyone else is going In the oh, opposite yeah. like, direction Maybe we shouldn't go In this the, In like the other direction And if everyone's going In one way An amazing
1: moment The little boy is like Did you know About the rotary phone Did you know About this XYZ survival yes! thing yeah. And he's basically like Stop mansplaining To this girl Who saved our life Several times We should follow her And then finally The guy's like Yeah you're right It's like yeah She is fucking right She's yeah. been right At every turn Thank you little
0: Ollie For putting us back On track here So here's the thing Thing in yeah, the movie, yeah, unless yeah. Ollie is like nine, he's closer in age to Alex Daddario's <laughs> character than other dude is. And the whole movie, like I was in the movie, I'm like, is he fourteen? Because he kind of seems like he's twelve in the twelve to fourteen in this movie, which means he's like six years younger than Alex Daddario than <laughs> than Blake. Like, do we have the wrong boy?
2: as the romantic?
0: I was. I was I mean, like, here? if not for that, that Alex Daddario looks like she is twenty eight in this movie, age wise, she is way closer in age as a character to Ollie. Ben has or whatever his name is had to get through six or eight years He eight years of architecture school (laughs) he is minimum 26 in this movie (laughs) and she is
1: 18 well and because Ollie says at one point he's like I can't wait to be 20 when she gives like when she gives little Ollie her phone number to give to her brother because she's setting up shop in the Bay Area she's gonna go here for school this guy's applying for a job here she's like I am staking this man out because I'm gonna be in the region well he gets the little precocious boy gets the phone number for his brother and he's like oh I can't wait to be 20 kind of implying to me that Blake was like 19 between 19 and 21. Yeah. I was like oh yeah okay she is like she is like undergrad aged.
0: I just yeah I I, the whole time I was like but she's closer like she just happens to also look like a 28 year old because she's Alex Sedario and she's Basically, what happens when the Rock and Carla Gugino's yeah, she's, genetics combine? They're just like uh... yeah, a preternaturally beautiful survivalist. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, and I love
1: I. It's like her with her particular um her eyes that are very uh crystalline blue and large her, her she, giant eye, eye eyes. She could not be a better disaster movie heroine because you read every imminent catastrophe on her face as she's doing the stare at something before you see it, and yeah. you're like, oh, this must be really bad because her eyes are the size of like charger plates at a wedding, (laughs) which just really adds to the like amping up the adrenaline for me throughout the process of watching. Yeah.
2: So I I actually have tracked how young you can be an architect at, because (laughs) at one point in time I had a physics instructor who told me I didn't know enough math to be a physicist, so I should go and be an architect. And I'm like, do you understand how much math there is in architecture? Absolutely. Like that's not, that's not a reassuring Uh -uh, statement. uh, No, honestly. No, it was, I take great, pleasure in the fact that he now attempts to curry my favor (laughs) Uh, Um, but the youngest can be an architect so the youngest graduation is like 23 and pretty much if you look up the youngest architect in any state they get licensed at 24 at the very 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 young okay yeah and there is some sort of like I think it was written in the script that Blake is supposed to be 19. Okay. Although I am still insisting that she actually took a couple of gap years. (laughs) It's the only way that makes sense. And I say this based on being an extremely disaster obsessed person from Mm. the West Coast. (laughs) As we've established, had a very clear origin story. Very. And I did not know this much disaster preparedness information when I graduated high school. (laughs) Right. A couple of years to pick it up. Yeah. And I'm like, unless she was volunteering with her dad at <laughs> Urban Search and Rescue, like yes. she might have picked it up if she was working at like um, the the NERT, the Neighborhood Emergency Response Teams that are all over California. But you have to be 18 years old minimum mm. to be able to mm. do that training. Twist. Yeah.
1: Well, and so, she clearly would. She's uh, she saves people. She has a great hat on her shoulders. Yeah. I think Blake's got a great future.
0: I I uh, so yeah. as as a, a a neurotic. The only thing that I was like. If she were shown to be more externally neurotic, then I'd be like, yeah, 100% she would have known that shit when she was 15. Yeah. Just like my neurotic ass at the age of six was like, <laughs> I'm going to teach myself sign language in case I somehow go deaf and need to communicate still. <laughs> or I'm going to memorize the Dewey Decimal System because what if one day I need to find the Dewey Decimal System mm. and I don't have access to a card catalog? <laughs> yeah. So like... I fully believe as when yep. I like I, as a child when I move whenever I move into a... I don't do it anymore but I it used to be that like whenever I moved somewhere I was like where's the nearest payphone because it was back in the day when right. people would say like you can't get a cell signal yeah and so I like drilled it into when I lived at my old place my ex boyfriend's head I was like in the event that there was a major <laughs> earthquake. We have to go to this location, this location, or this one, because those are where the pay phones are. Wow. And that's how we'll be able to call my parents' house to let them know that we're okay. Wow. And then we'll head up there. So I fully believe that, like, independent of any sort of <laughs> training classes, the only thing is the yeah. triage, like, that she, but she, you know what, she, by the way, what? did he did not have a belt before? on? She should have used a belt and not <laughs> her shirt to I mean, triage I say,
2: they were I in the middle of a hill that level of triage training in a public high school in mill valley california on the other side of the golden gate bridge that was part of my <laughs> pe final okay one. see i actually my <clears throat> PE final first aid exam required i got hit by an airplane and had a broken toe <laughs> oh, and what? like a couple other ridiculously minor injuries yes so my partner Fell off a bike and had a protruding broken bone <laughs> and a spokes in their arm—ridiculously uh-huh. like, oh graphic. And that was our final exam. That's amazing. So mm. I can believe okay. that if she grew up in Marin County. All right. There is like a weirdly high level <laughs> of gruesomeness yeah. in our first aid classes at public high schools.
1: Well, I, I, I will like my, my final, my only real like more points of like unbelievability that I thought were annoying were, uh, well, I guess like my last bits would be, uh, when they're downtown like, cause she calls from an electron, she calls her parents from an electronic store in Chinatown after like hot wiring a phone. Uh, you cannot see the Golden Gate Bridge like they show it to you in this movie from Chinatown. That would have been where the Bay Bridge was located. And when they're heading to Coit Tower from Chinatown, which would make sense, the little boy is like, you just go up Lombard Avenue and that'll put us at Coit Tower. It's like, no, Lombard Avenue is what you would take to get to Coit Tower if you were coming from the marina if you're in chinatown you're just right next door to north beach and there's almost nothing convenient to north beach besides the financial district in chinatown so you wouldn't have to go up and down big fucking iconic lombardo avenue to get there it would just be right next
2: to you so those were those are my only nitpicks if you want to get anywhere efficiently you never take lombard never like literally it's a street that is as windy as you can make a street yeah I, like it, that it, is the point of lombard just go one block to the side and straight shot it just if it, it's like they own it's like they say it because it's the only
1: street you might know yeah. in san francisco so like let's say lombard it, it would be like if they were here in la and they're like we got to go down hollywood boulevard like that's just, <laughs> they're just gonna pick the common <laughs> yeah mean like it's happening in the movie volcano but like we got to go down hollywood boulevard it's like no you don't that's five yeah. miles from anything that's going on right now but I, I, for me, that take, like, well, I guess to put a pin on the end of the movie, um, they they do, Alex takes her two British friends. They do get into the the big building, which has tipped over as a result of the quake and is resting on another building and things get catastrophically worse when the tsunami hits it. And eventually it collapses into the water low enough to where Alex has to swim her way to freedom just as her dad finds her. They've been scouring the sea, uh, tsunami the landscape of san francisco in a in a raft in a in a boat uh her parents have been they find her he dives in to get her she drowns uh on her way to exiting but he heroically saves her life in the way that he could not save their their other child the family is reunited alex has saved lives the rock has saved alex life. it is a wonderful Ending all things considered for the families of our heroes, even if the devastation is untold, un- untold numbers of casualties for everybody else, basically from Los Angeles to San Francisco.
2: I, okay, so, <clears throat> Before the gross bit of everybody dies of dysentery. Oh, yeah, so that's nice. right, right. Um like I'm happy to skip that bit. Yeah. I, just imagine what
0: his what Ben's thigh is infected with by the end of this movie. Oh yeah. That is that is, just much like in in when we watched the movie Crawl and the dad's limbs were just his open wounds yes. were exposed to swamp water. To Florida swamp water. I can't even begin to imagine. I will say the one point Unfortunately, like, all of his limbs get cut off. Yeah, that's true. He does end up just in, with stumps. <laughs> one one thing I will say for a point of like Unbelievability that had nothing to do with science Mm -hmm. was that when he was, when The Rock was performing chest compressions. He would I was have been watching pushing. I was doing her like, fucking spine. Thank you. I was like, just it like, it there's no palms world of hands down to her spine. There is no world yeah, in which he would you're not, not have breaking bones. It's not hard enough. Well, but but the rock. I don't think he can modulate the amount of force <laughs> no. he's going to use on chest compressions. On, I don't on a young woman. It would be it would be Lenny and a bunny. Like <laughs> you, Alex D'Addario I, has such fine bone structure. <laughs> she is basically made of like one of those Easter eggs that you actually like a hard-boiled Easter egg where it's just the shell. It's that you just get that, the shell. It's just the shell. That's her chest and The Rock is just The only people, the only person The Rock could do
1: chest compressions on is, is, is Vin Diesel. I was going to say John Cena. It, yeah, like yeah. those are, there are a select few people The Rock can do chest compressions on and they survive. Vin Diesel and his brother John Cena? Because he doesn't, like he would just, I think he would pop Alex's heart. Oh my God. Like just the pressure of trying to start it back up again. He would liquefy her ribs, Pop her heart and maybe break her spine in the process. I, yeah,
0: I just fully expected him to accidentally just do a chest compression and then pull his hand back up and he'd just be holding her heart in his hand. has hands. her fucking lungs in
1: his hand. Yeah. Like Carla Gugino should have been the one doing chest compressions. Um, well, he drives the boat. So as not to re-kill his yeah. daughter who was drowned. 100%.
2: Yeah. I also... Cannot believe that anybody would do chest compressions without having to hum a song along with it to yeah. get the right frequency. <laughs> oh, either another one bites dust or, or staying, staying alive. alive. I, 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 really wanted, I really wanted. But I really wanted. I want the rock. One or the other, and there's got to be broken bones. Yeah. What are you doing? You are not saving a life. You are massaging a corpse. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you are. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's either <laughs> massaging a corpse or he's just fully he's pulverizing he's, he's the li- insides of his daughter. He
0: was like liquefaction was happening inside <laughs> yeah. of her chest cavity. Yes, her
1: innards were a bowl of oatmeal sloshing about <laughs> as a result of the Godzilla giving her chest compressions. <laughs> This is a very. I think this is a great point to transition into our. What is this movie really about? Which I have really realized throughout the course of this conversation. Yeah, go for so, it. So, Mika, do you want to start?
2: I I am maintaining that it is about the story of a cute girl who saves lives and wins hearts. Oh yeah, through knowledge. You,
1: you like, are my it. kind of disaster oh, specialist.
2: That's the movie. It's <clears throat> The Rock is like. The excuse to, like, justify her, the love interest is, like, he's just going to yeah. sit there to yeah. complain a little bit until yeah. little brother, like, slaps him upside the head. Yes. All of the disasters are happening, so she can prove, I still know what to do. I love it. Scenario. like... Idol for, for young girls, girls. Actually do prepare them. Idol
1: for teen, teen girls, hilarious. Alex
0: Daddario in San Andreas. <laughs> Amanda, what is this movie about for you? Uh, much like the Fast and the Furious films... <laughs> I would argue that this is a movie about family. <laughs> um, this is a movie about the importance of family. This yep. is a movie about uh, maintaining the nuclear family. You know, we no. didn't touch on this. It's a little conservative. I Well, yeah, I think it's a very conservative film. We didn't touch on this, but like we full on agree that the British family, Ollie and his brother, their parents were on a cruise. That is the cruise ship that gets crashed through San Francisco, right? His parents are <laughs> full on dead. And that was that cruise ship that we see. That's possible. Like I, That's my headcanon. Um, And that's because the parents abandoned their child Mm. to choose to take a trip (laughs) and left him in the custody of his older brother who Mm. has his own things going on. But the only ones we see survive, Susan, who is Daniel's sister, um, terrible Susan, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. She is, as far as we can tell, a childless harpy. Yeah, <laughs> who loves only her brother. Yeah, Daniel loves nothing but his his giant buildings. Yes, um, those his are his shitty children. giant buildings. Yeah, his, his terrible giant, giant buildings. buildings. The, his, his his sky penises. His, his towering
1: inferno giant building. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. So he, they both die. The only one what people survive based on the fact that they are related by blood and marriage to other people. Um, Liz and Bernie, they survived because they are married and bound together. Uh-huh. Um, and then Ollie and Ben, I think his name is Ben. I don't know. Yeah. I don't actually I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Ollie's name gets yeah, said so many okay, times. Okay. Thank you. I yeah. normally just refer to all the characters by their names, yeah, by totally. their actors' names, because I'm really bad at names. Like Agent Maggie Grace. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Ollie Anality. and, P- what? It's, it's community. It's yeah, community this very yeah. true. But it's life, a very right? specific kind of community. It is specifically <laughs> gotta be family. It's values values
1: voters yeah. conservative nuclear, conservative idea of and, nuclear family.
0: And of course, Alex Daddario and Ben are clearly gonna get married one day. Yeah. Creating their own nuclear As family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, and all they will they will be Ollie's legal guardians. Because they're gonna have to be because his parents are dead on that cruise ship.
1: And it's gonna be weird because Ollie's crush is not gonna subside Never. on his mom yeah (laughs) his His mom's sister yeah his
0: mom's sister it's never gonna be not weird and it's gonna end up being a
2: reddit relationships post in which like he has and then there'll be a sequel in which ollie will have to die because of his non-nuclear family views yeah and there's
1: going to be a san andreas too so i'm wondering if we're gonna get carryover cast as far as like the outside the family unit goes
0: oh yeah there's gonna be a san andreas too yeah oh thank god yeah I, I did order this on DVD after I rented it on Amazon. <laughs> it should be arriving in two days from Best Buy. Shockingly, if you go into Best Buy, they do not have it. You have to order it online. That's a failing. I yeah. Anyway, so that's that's what I would say. It's about, it's about family. Yeah, uh, Jordan, what do you say? This movie? I'm gonna
1: go with I'm gonna go with what what exactly what what Mika has said is the most vital thing here. It is about community. Okay, it's about like you know, know who you bank with, know who your grocers are, know the people serving you coffee because you never know in a condition of dire straits who you're going to need to rely on to protect you. It's true. Ideally that will be a very beautiful girl who has canny survival skills. That's a best case scenario. Um it is but it is about Saying hi to that person sitting in the foyer with you if they seem receptive to conversation, you know,
0: provided Only they want if to they participate, participate. Yes, provided Guys, they want to participate. Just because Alex Sedario is sitting across from you in a reception lobby area, yes. do not start talking to her. Yes. She, Wait till she, she, she
1: must initiate. Yes.
0: Her eye contact has to come first, and then must be
1: followed by conversation initiation. If she accidentally makes eye contact with you, and this applies to women generally, don't start talking. Yeah, yeah no. And if she starts looking at her phone or stops making Making eye contact with you is that conversation stops going forward. Quit talking. Yeah. So
0: just that if she has headphones in, that's not because she <laughs> hasn't
2: realized she has <laughs>
0: headphones in. Yeah.
2: She knows. And if she's not smiling, it's because she definitely does not need correction. No.
1: Yeah. And she doesn't I'm need like, she and doesn't need an invitation to smile either. <laughs> like we can hopefully this can consider this your own emotional disaster preparedness segment, <laughs> gents. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's about the, it is about the, the, the value of community and it is additionally about, uh, I think the genius of this casting director putting together Carla Cugino, The Rock and Alex Daddario as a family unit. Yeah. I value that. I am grateful for
0: that. And I can't wait to see that replicated in, in San Andreas too. I feel like we haven't gotten spent enough time just gushing about Carla Gugino in this because, like, when she picks up the phone, calls Daniel, and says, "You better hope that you're dead because if you're not, I'm gonna fucking kill you." Yeah, she, you and left then, my daughter. If you're not dead already, I'm going to fucking kill you. Just I wanted, I wanted the John Wick style action. Where is her John Wick style action movie? She has a show a currently on
1: Cinemax that is that is not that is that is a sort of action series for her.
0: So. I want her to kill someone with a pencil
1: I, I I think I because this will I think this segues well into Dreamcasting actually because I don't have a dreamcast. I this cast is perfect. yeah. and Carla Gugino, if I like i I could just say like the recent tribute to Laura Dern at the Independent yeah. Spirit Awards sort of like a song of my heart is just all of Carla just saying Carla Gugino's name over and over again with like superimposed images of her like a performing career behind me. like just her whole deal the her she is a dynamic performer she is eternally just an unbelievably gorgeous individual she is she's such a talent she has such range and when she says that particular line the way her voice drops and the way that kind of like deep authoritative smoky Carla Gugino voice that she can do so cool it is at once devastating and thrilling yeah I I just can't like the between the two the alpha in this marriage is not the rock it is Carla Gugino oh yeah no he's a giant puppy dog yeah
2: absolutely yes like The Rock is along for the ride in a family of incredibly smart and confident women. Yes. And his job is to not piss them off.
0: Exactly. And I think that's exactly a quote that he would say.
2: (laughs) is yes i i I have a
0: family of amazing women my job is to not piss them off is exactly something the rock would say if there's
1: one thing emotionally i would like to change about this movie it's that the shitty stepdad doesn't die because a shipping container crushes him on the golden gate bridge i'm just sad the rock didn't get to cave his chest in after carla gugino cuts his throat
2: (laughs) for him would you really take that revenge from the lady yeah no no like that's the rock's job is just of the corpse
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is to throw him over his shoulder like a stick figure man <laughs> and get rid of the body after Carla Gugino has 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 torn off his head yeah. that is the whole job so yeah but I can't change waste
2: it. resources he can be a fuel source <laughs> <can burn>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah I can't change it. I cannot change a thing about this casting it is truly perfection for me
0: the only casting I would change personally is mm-hmm. um, just to carry our theme forward yeah I would actually like Daniel instead of being the ex-husband uh-huh. or being the the new husband, because that's like, we've seen that a lot of times. We've seen that in like 2012. There's always like the new husband yeah, yeah, kind of character. There's always like somebody
1: replacing Daniel.
0: I want it to be her shitty boyfriend. Okay. Played by Ansel Elgort.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Younger man.
0: In this movie, they'd be the same age, theoretically, but played by like Ansel Elgort or Miles Teller. It uh-huh. could be either one of them. Sure. Um, and he's like don't worry, I can take her up to school. And The Rock's like, I don't like how he drives. <laughs> and they get up and then he abandons her. Yeah. And then Carla and The Rock are pissed because this terror. And then she meets the new good boyfriend. Uh huh. But like terrible garbage boyfriend. And then we get to watch uh, Miles and or Ansel be hit by a tanker truck. Yeah, no, that I accept that yeah. hypothetical injection. That's the only the only casting change I would make in this. Um, otherwise, it's a pretty perfect movie. So that brings us then
1: to our, uh, if in case you, we didn't run it past you earlier, our grading scale, uh, Mika, is how many towering infernos does a movie get on a scale of one to five for its level of quality? Uh, and I'll, I'll start off and say this, for me, San Andreas is a five towering infernos movie. Wow. It's okay. a five infernos. Carla, The Rock, A Disaster, Alex Daddario, Survival, Boom. All right. The city of San Francisco
0: crashing down Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, come on now. You didn't even bring up the fact that it's got the God, what's his name? I almost called him Stanley Tucci. Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Thank I, you. That's
1: the thing. It's a movie that's so good. I can even forget that Paul Giamatti was there because Which there's is amazing. so many good things. So it's so
0: hard to forget. Paul Giamatti's in something. Even if you want to call him
2: Stanley Tucci. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go.
2: Okay. Like- I, I would have to deduct a half tower just because of that one freaking triangle of life. Fair. Oh, okay. Like, fair. fair. Be,
1: as, be as harsh else. as you need to be. It's so all about nice. honesty. Yeah.
2: I would totally like, I would say if you're going to, when I'm teaching the natural disasters section I, and my students don't want to show up, I'd be okay with them ditching class to go watch this movie and using it to write the exam. about <laughs> like, How do we survive? I would be cool with it. I Great. I feel like they would come through and they'd live. Except for that, <laughs> except one, for that thing. one thing. Except for that one thing. The one that th- it drives me crazy because it was not necessary for the plot. Yep. Yep. Like we could have had like, what do you do if there's an earthquake and you're out in the middle of a freaking giant field? Yep. Great. You just get away from all the walls and then you jump through <laughs> in place and protect back in the night. Like, where do you go in an earthquake when you're in a downtown core? Is a really interesting question. That is yeah. a good question. And they took something that could have been Freaking phenomenal, and they slid in that one piece of persistent mythology that will kill people. I think that's totally fair. That's a totally fair document. Yeah. In their defense, that was going
0: around hardcore. Like when I assumed they were writing this movie in 2012, 2013, that was all over like Facebook and email forwards. I remember getting so many of them about the triangle of life. And like, I think I even had a professor who was like, get between your bed and a wall. And I was like, I don't know if that's a great
2: plan. It was like some random dude and they had (laughs) multiple seismologists that they were paying money to to do the science for this movie. Right, right. gave them good advice. And the scientists afterwards are like, yeah, they didn't pay attention. And okay. I'm like, oh. Yeah. No, that's that's a totally worthy deduction. Yeah. It's
1: dangerous misinformation.
0: If he had held exactly. up the entire side of AT&T Park, though. Yes. If The Rock had, like, if it had all landed on The Rock yes. and then he stood up and threw it all back. off his back, yep, it yep. would get that five half a point back, right?
3: Totally.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we just were like, you know what? Everybody cluster around The Rock's yeah. deep. He'll take care of you. That is a. a Effective disaster advice the fact that they made like skyscraper in Vancouver shortly afterwards, and that's pretty much the movie is, you know, it's, it's the unofficial sequel that fixes this small, slight problem.
0: And, and so, Amanda, where does that leave you with the Infernos? I, I'm so back and forth on this because I'm, like, just shy of giving it five because to this day, like, Volcano is still my five. Fair. We, I went back and listened because I did set us up a letterbox and I was <laughs> going to put all of our ratings into it, and uh-huh. we never did, like, officially do a rating for Volcano, and that is my five. Okay. like... That's I your baseline. Have, I just have such a good time every time I watch it. Yep. Um, And this is so close to that, and, like, I am i don't know. I, I might... It, I did buy it on DVD, so maybe like (laughs) 4.75. Okay, okay, great. I think I just can't quite give it the five, but like it's so close. Yeah, it's as close. Like like, the core is going to be my next five, and I'm just (laughs) telling you all that right now. Like that's just, I don't know. take a shot. Amanda said the core,
1: Like basically. Yeah. Is where we're at with the core.
0: Oh,
2: I replaced the core with this as my favorite (gasps) movie. Oh Oh, my God, really? I'm so honored. I'm
0: so honored we got to have you on to talk about it then. I mean, like I'm I'm not arguing that. That's equally as valid. I just love how... How bananas the core is as like it's just it's just absurd <laughs> i love it i'm so excited the for the part when
2: we... of the core that infuriates me beyond all else is it when they come up at the end about it's they come up in a gap of the tectonic i know by hawaii. hawaii i if know if you do a map of the tectonic plates of there's the Earth, nothing. That is literally the farthest you can get <laughs> from on any, on any of the plates planet from a gap and i know sort of they could have done it's a hot spot somewhere near <laughs> And home. they could have had them surfing Jackson down park, Mauna Kea and the in the thingy. <laughs> the thingy. They could've been in like yes, the, They could have been erupted like, out of the pond. <laughs> and just like the candlestick park thing it is a, a dangerous bit of mythology that directly leads to bad disaster information that can cost lives. There you go. And it's more subtle than the the whole Candlestick Park thing. Like, that's just bad advice. <laughs> but the, the hot spot versus gap in the tectonic plates tells you about what type of volcanoes you'll have, tells you about the type of earthquakes you have, tells you about the type of disasters you should expect. And you are not going to get the same eruptions from Hawaii as you do at Mount St. Helens. And that anoints me. Yeah, No, it's like the rest of it, the, like
0: when that happens, there's so much like in this where you go, that's just it's not just like that's bad science, It's just nonsense science. You're like, yeah, cool. I'll go along with that. Why can't nukes restart the core? <laughs> but then there's this one thing and it's such a like weird, easy thing to not fuck up. And if you just happen to have a national geo, like if you happen to have the the map of the, the ocean bad. floor, all you need is the Tharpazen map of the ocean floor. There's <laughs> a big map that everyone has seen in their lives. And that's so easy. And it's like, wow, that's what you guys chose to mess up. I love the core so much. That's another I, yeah, episode. We're, we're closing in this, on two, ep- yeah, two have hours. We have to, core. to end this. I,
1: I, I feel like me me, and Amanda and Jason can can hash out next movie. Yeah. I feel like we can let you sign off. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us about this. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Mika. Just,
2: for your, just so you know, the core had multiple geoscientists on staff, all from University of British Columbia. So they're my former like, we yeah. were classmates at the same time. Oh, wonderful. I have talked to them all, and none of them have worked in movies since because they were so angry at the experience. <laughs> oh.
1: Wow. Well, that's good trivia. I mean, I
2: fully believe that. This is this is a movie. Yep. That movie is so great because they're like, ah, oh, science. No, we don't know her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and they paid people money to ignore them and accuse them of having overly neat handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The, the greatest insult one can give a person. I mean, I feel
1: like we'll just edit this chunk into our episode about the course, like a special bit of feature. Um, but it, Nika, thank you so much for joining us and providing such wonderful insight and science and context for the, for San Andreas. We thank you so much. We appreciate yeah. it so much.
0: And do you real quick, is there anything you want to promote? Um, do you want to like, how, where can people find you? Do you have anything that you want to, anything coming up that you'd like to talk about real fast?
2: Uh I- I, I am frequently doing events all over the country, so I've got a TEDx talk out in New York in March, and I will be doing uh, various sci-fi conventions, including GateCon, a Stargate convention in Vancouver in mm-hmm. the summertime. Anyone who wants to talk about science and fiction, just check out your local convention. If they don't have me, they can always invite me to show up.
1: <laughs> and where can they find you on like social media?
2: Uh, I am at Mika McKinnon on pretty much any social media platform.
1: Okay. We right. will direct people to you then. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Absolutely. And if you ever want to talk about the core, I would have so much fun with that. <laughs> Thank that you, have Mika. Have a fantastic evening. Thanks, Thanks, you too.
1: Bye. Bye. So that brings us to what we will be watching next week and what an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. We have just had Mika McKinnon on to talk about San Andreas. And next week, we will have Joey Khan. A journalist friend of mine, former and also a former Wired one from Wired magazine, uh, to talk about children of men. Yeah, we're going with we're going with a
0: totally different kind of disaster, different vibe, different
1: entry point in there. But I'm really excited to unpack it. Yeah,
0: I like that we're expanding out beyond like the standard, just beyond what is a disaster into sort of like what is a humanitarian disaster. Yes, yes. I've never seen this. I've only I've read the I've read the script. But I've never seen it. I, yeah, I feel like this is a
1: movie that uh, this is a movie that really rewards a watch. Yeah, like I've, it, without it being like I feel like even reading the script it wouldn't be spoiled just because the tone yeah.
3: is so cruel. I mean, and, like the, the desperation, was so
1: brutal, is so essential to this movie. there's and, like,
3: a lot that the visuals do in this movie. Yes. Like, it, yes. it is yes. a very, very well directed movie. Yeah,
1: All yeah. Right. To just like to watch that final scene yeah. happen and feel so immersed in it. Um. So yeah, that'll be next week. Okay. Hell yeah. So
0: let me let's find out hold on one second.
3: Are you finding out where it's streaming? Well, then, uh, in the meantime, uh, we have a new review. Yes. uh, And this review comes from one of many Tylers. Uh,
1: (laughs) Good name. All right.
3: It's great. Uh, It gives us a five-star review titled, A Fantastic and Fun Podcast. Uh, one of many Tylers says they're whip smart, hilarious, and passionate about disaster movies. All of the above. Aww. Everything you could want from a movie podcast, especially one dedicated to a specific subgenre. It's absolutely worth listening, even if you ha- uh, can't make the time for the movies themselves.
1: Wonderful. Thank you.
0: That's really nice. That Thank is you. really nice. Thank you. Thank One you, of Tyler. many Tyler's. One of many Tyler's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there are many places you can watch Children of Men. Ooh. Um, so we've got Amazon Video or Amazon Prime. Mm. Is it I free t- on Prime? Um, you know.
3: Or is this like a rent to watch? I situation. think this is a
0: rent to watch situation. Um, so Letterboxd, I, I decided to get Letterboxd and figured out, but you, you can. I haven't figured out what to do with Letterboxed yet. Beyond put our podcast like watch lists up right
3: oh man um, you have many things to learn uh what i will say is that uh you can watch it on hulu and sling tv with subscriptions oh, as well as oh, stars subscription
0: okay oh, sweet, thank you sweet. so that is not listed on letterbox so i'm gonna have yeah, to
3: best thing to do that i've found for okay. anyone looking for a movie to stream out there is just type the movie title and then streaming and google okay yeah. Yeah. so the, hold yeah. on it
0: just auto populates at the top so no it's on stars it's on um prime for rental
3: it's on Prime Parental? Okay. That's it. I'm it's z- not I mean, it's showing Hulu for me.
0: Okay, it's sh- on IMDb and on... Well, in any
1: event, if you have stars, as I do, good luck, to, good joy for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, uh, now that we have got a scientist in the fold, c- kid is going. But Kid's going The, in the dog, of. The dog loves just, bags. On, the kid is just going to town, town on a paper bag right here. Um... But yeah, I guess we should do the where can we find yeah. one another on social media.
0: So, uh, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, at JorCrew, J O R C R U. I am at Amanda R. Tubbs, that's Tubbs with two B's.
3: And I am at Jason Halftones.
1: And thank you again to our wonderfully informative guest. Mika McKinnon. Yeah. For joining us for San Andreas. I learned so much and I hope you guys did too.
0: So uh for the pod itself, you can find us uh we're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disaster uh, girls pod at gmail.com. Um we are now on letterboxed, which I still haven't figured out completely, but I'll yeah. figure it out eventually, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh we're disaster girls on letterboxd if you want to follow us or like, I don't know. I don't know see what, our list. People are talking a lot about
1: Letterbox right now. I don't really know. You guys, I, why you guys made it sound like, like a cool really thing last week. No, I guys, had no
0: I love it. I, uh, Jason loves it. Jason, I trust Jason. So I made a letterbox for us because I wanted to be cool. I was like, it's that or TikTok, and I don't know how to TikTok either. <laughs> so you can, I guess, follow us on Letterbox and yeah. see like the la- large assortment of terrible movies that exist out there. Exactly. Um, please, guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Please rate. Please review. Um, please share us on Twitter. Share us everywhere. And, uh, spread we the good word. Spread the good word. And we will see you all back next week for Children of Men. Bye. Mm-hmm.